So it's been just under a week since the sentencing of Derek Chauvin, the officer who we all saw. We all saw the video uh, last year on May 25th. Uh, he knelt on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and he was given the bare minimum of charges. Uh, but he was one of out of thousands of officers that has been convicted of murder. And I was listening to Sean King's podcast, The Breakdown, and he actually gave a statistic saying that Derek Chauvin is the 10th officer out of 10 years that has been sentenced for murder out of what I believe he said 10,000 cases, which one that's 10,000 officers murdering 10,000 people, which is one hell of a problem. But Derek Chauvin is the 10th to be sentenced, convicted and sentenced. And I mean, we, we know that it's very almost impossible to convict a an officer for murder, especially in the first degree. He was sentenced for uh, he, he was convicted of second degree murder as well as uh, two manslaughter uh, charges and and I, they were only going to he was only going to serve like the most serious and he was sentenced for 22 and a half years which some people believe is too light of a sentence I'm one of them and a lot of people believe that this is too harsh of a sentence uh, but I would just like to say someone's no longer alive and he's getting like, as I believe, and so many of us believe is a slap on the wrist, 22 and a half years, which he may only serve. I, I, there's a lot of, uh, different information out there. Uh, some people are saying he'll only serve 10 and from what I've heard, he's only like after 15 years, he'll be eligible for parole and he'll probably get out. But, and there are, there's also a federal charge, which he'll serve most of that. It could be more, it could be less, but uh, you serve almost all of that fed time. But like I was saying, someone's no longer alive. And maybe George Floyd did use a counterfeit $20 bill, but Chauvin proved and we all saw it in 4k we all saw that Derek Chauvin thought that George Floyd's life was wasn't even worth $20 you know and even coming out in this that it was his day off and he still you know and he's there are other instances like this that Chauvin has been involved in. I, I believe like he did the same thing to a teenager for like 15 or to 15 to 20 minutes, which was probably even worse than they even said um, that wouldn't be a, a missable in court because, because of course it wouldn't be. But George Floyd's records, his like criminal records are a Miss William Court. The system is built to support those within the system and oppress those who are not, who are apart from the system. 
and and I'll, I'll even speak on that a, a little later. But you know, I, I honestly I didn't want to necessarily talk about this, but it's it's one of those things that is is extremely important, and that that's kind of like why I started this podcast to talk about the things that are actually important. And you know, I've done videos and podcasts on um, the conviction, but the sentencing is just as important. And I, I do believe that he was given pretty much a slap on the wrist. 22 and a half years is a long time. 15 years, which he'll, is probably all that he'll serve, is a long time. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not disputing that. That's not a long time. In 15 years this is round up. I just turned 29. Let's round up. I'll be 30 next year. But in 15 years, I'll be 45, which is still pretty young. And if he's 40, if he's 50, he'll get out. If he only serves 15 years, he'll get out at 55, at 65 years old. You still have life to live. And that's my point. George Floyd doesn't have any life to live. Because it was taken from him, and the the um, defense in the trial said that uh, well, George Floyd had like pre he he had uh, health issues that contributed to his death, which is bullshit. Because uh, I almost guarantee those health issues wouldn't have killed him the day that a man knelt on his neck for nine minutes. Had that not happened, he'd still be alive, more than likely. But as I've said many times, this is not justice. Like, this is accountability. You know, it's... What, what is justice when someone is no longer living? When you what what is justice for murder, you know, and then we don't live in a society where you no, know, this is an eye for an eye. Like, of course, there is, you know, the the there are people that take justice into their own hands, and they do live by you know it's it's an eye for an eye. Like, if there's there's a documentary even um, on Netflix called. Um, what is it called? Um, why, why'd you kill me? Or, or something like that. And I believe it's, it's just a documentary. It, it may be a docuseries, but either way, you should watch it. It is really good. But a daughter was murdered and the mother wanted revenge. And she was going to take it into her own hands. And you know, I won't go all the way into that. Uh, you can watch that on your own if that's something that, which I, I, I highly recommend that you do check it out. But um, so many times, like, like we see people want to take things into their own hands, but if you don't exercise the, the system, which again is set against us, then is we're going to get more of the same. And then you're going to be involved in the system. And, you know, it's, it's a vicious cycle. So we try to, we try to 
believe in the system, but the system is rigged against us. The system is built to support those that are a part of the system. And it's, it's not built in our favor. You know, so like I said, what is justice for murder? It's definitely not 15 years. And the, the officer in Texas that came home drunk and walked into the wrong apartment and shot and killed an innocent and unarmed man in his own apartment. She went to the wrong apartment thinking it was hers and she got seven years, I believe. And even that she tried to appeal. Like, that's too much. Like, you murdered someone. It doesn't matter that you were an officer or you thought you were in the wrong, you, you thought you were in the right apartment, but you were in the wrong apartment. Like, no, someone's not alive anymore. And you, you're not even willing to serve the slap on the wrist time that you were sentenced to. So, but they protect their own. But, I definitely believe 15 to 22 and a half years is a slap on the wrist. That's just how they've always done us. Um, Malcolm X has uh, a quote where he says, the white man, which is what he, as he's saying the white man, but as he, he's referring to the government, those who are in power to oppress, you know, he's, that's who he's referring to, the white man, will try to satisfy us with symbolic victories rather than economic equality and real justice. <clears throat> and that's what we're seeing here. It's not real justice. And that's what we've seen like a week ago with Joe Biden, the, the Biden administration making Juneteenth a federal holiday. The George Floyd Act still isn't passed. Like, cool. Like, now this holiday that a lot of us, one, like like myself, already knew about and is celebrated, and two, those that weren't aware of it until like a few years ago, now they get to celebrate and it's a paid holiday. But that's not... What's that really... In the grand scheme of things, what is that going to do? Like, it's acknowledging it, meant it's recognition. It's like, I see, you know, we're acknowledging the history, but there's a pattern here. Like, that there is a history. Police brutality is still happening every single day. There's nothing in place to stop it. Because earlier, uh, well... Yeah, earlier this year, um, when Joe Biden was inaugurated, uh, he signed some executive orders. I believe one of those was an executive order to combat police brutality. But clearly, it's still happening. And we're not holding these uh, officers accountable. Chauvin will probably only serve 15 years for murder. But... You know, like I said, I, it's not even something that I really wanted to, you know, because it's exhausting. Like, we, we live this every single day. And, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about it because I believe that it's, it's important. And it's something that does need to be talked about. It does need to be discussed. And it does need to be um, 
brought to light. And if we are all discussing and we're all talking about it and then, you know, maybe things can change. That's why, like, you know, though all of the protests last year were so powerful and impactful because on every single continent and every single country, there were mass protests. You know, there were days where like every single state in the U.S., there were mass protests. and that that means something it, it would i would hate for it to all be for nothing you know because biden gave himself a a date a, a cut off a, a cut off date a deadline where he wanted uh the george floyd act to be passed in on may 25th the anniversary which i, I hate calling it the anniversary but the year date of since george floyd's death and it's still not passed and he's not even, it doesn't even seem like he's even focused on that. He's more concerned about the infrastructure bill that he's trying to get passed and to hell with the George Floyd act. No one wants, like he wants bipartisanship, but even Democrats like Tim Scott's like, ah, you can take out the part with qualified immunity and maybe I'd sign it. But the whole bill is, to get rid of qualified immunity. We need to get rid of qualified immunity and we need to start holding these officers accountable. That's the whole point. And we can't even have that. You know, lynching is still not considered a hate crime. So they're symbolic victories, but nothing's actually, you know, it's all an illusion because nothing's actually happening. There's no change. Like, if you really take a step back and look at it, like, nothing has really changed in the grand scheme of things since the civil rights. Nothing's truly changed because it's still happening. You know, like I said, it's a pattern and it's still happening. There's a history there and it's still happening. History's still repeating itself, you know. But I think it's telling that Chauvin, who murdered a man, and we all saw it. There's video evidence of it, and we there still was a long trial saying there's a discussion to be had there. There's a debate. Not really, because we, we all saw this man murder someone, and it, it's inhumane. Even the EMTs came and had to shove him off of him because they knew it was fucked up. But it's telling that Chauvin, a murderer, whether he's a cop or not, he murdered someone, got less time than nonviolent offenders get every single day. Like I said, the system is built to support those within the system and it is built not in the favor of those that is oppressing. You know, America has the highest incarceration rate in the world. America has the most packed prisons in the entire world. And, I mean, there are statistics. I mean, let's let's look at the statistics because most of them are black and, and brown. Uh, the percent of black Americans in general U.S. population, uh, 13% of 
percent of people in prison or jail who are black, 40 percent are incarceration rate for black versus white Americans, 2,306 versus 450 per 100,000 percent of people serving life, life without parole or virtual life sentences who are black, 48 percent arrest rates for black versus white Americans, 6,109 versus 2,795 per 100,000. Number of arrests of black Americans is 2.8 million percent of people on probation or parole who are black is 30 percent. So for America to be the most locking up country in the world, a large portion of them, those incarcerated are black. And there are laws, you know, built against that. Uh, Reagan brought cocaine into the hood in the 80s. And then, there, you know, there's a crack bill, there's a crime bill. There are bills set against the very things that you set in place to destroy us and now you're incarcerating us. And that goes back to the 13th Amendment. You know, slavery is unconstitutional unless it's within prison. And America has the most incarcerated. So, it's, it's the system. And the system needs to be changed. And, you know, a lot of those in prison are nonviolent offenders. We, we live in a, a country, we live in a, a, this system where you can get more time for possession than murder. You know, and what a lot of officers like to do how these charges are go if you have if you have if you're caught for possession they automatically hit you with intent to sell so that's two charges for the price of one i I personally i do not smoke but i am all for legalizing it if that means especially if that means that nonviolent offenders come home and we're seeing a, a, we're starting to see that in certain uh, states where they're starting to legalize it, and nonviolent offenders are starting to come home. Like you have to think, like I believe it's the daddy clause, um, where the government will give you government assistance; they'll give you welfare um, if the father or a father figure is not present in the home. But there. Are, all of the the system is built for the father not to be home because they're in prison. So they have laws that set up or that are set against you and also like for you to be against you, if that makes any sense. You know, but I'm all for, you know, obviously sending home nonviolent offenders. And I think, you know, there should be a more serious, a more serious sentencing. There should be far more serious charges for those that murder and take away life and then have an opportunity to live life after they served that time. You know, the, the entire system is backwards. And I think 
when you just, you know, completely gut the system. I think that it's, and I've said this before in, in other, like in sync and assist and, and, you know, I've always been very vocal about it. I don't think that we should have 80 year old, you know, mostly white people running the country because is going to be ran. They live in the time where these traditions were normal, where these traditions are outdated and are set against the people that are supposed to be, uh, you know, governing. You know, these are old, outdated systems and, and traditions, and we're still living by it, where as society, we the people are far more progressive, where the, the systems and those in, in power are regressive and want to stick to those traditions that are outdated. So I think that it is important that us younger people that, that actually do care about the world and the country that we live in and, and want to see growth and change, I think it, that we do need to get involved. You know, we do need to start replacing those that are twice our age, you know, because they don't need to be running this country, you know, I think, you know, I like to see, you know, the AOCs, you know, and I just appear the, the squad that, that they're younger and they want better for all of us. You know, they're progressive thinking and they're not stuck to, they're not married to those traditions because those traditions are only forgetting what we've all already have had. You know, those traditions are going to allow history to repeat itself. And if you live in a southern state, then you don't even get to hear about that because of the banning of critical race theory in schools. But, which is a whole other conversation that we've had that is still going and it's, you know, one of those things like, Right after I released that critical race theory episode, Florida, right after Georgia banned critical race theory. So it's these red states. And, you know, I I didn't even plan on talking about all of this. And it's, you know, because it, it is stressful because, you know, I pay attention to all of this. And it's like, how can I pay attention to it and it not come across you know, you know, in the podcast or on social media or whatever, because all of this is a platform. And if you, you can either use or abuse your platform. And when you have a platform, you have a voice and you may be able to reach five people. You may be able to reach 50,000 or 5 million, who, however many, but the numbers don't matter. What really matters is what you speak on. And I believe that this is important. And I believe we need to further this conversation you know, and you can further, you know, you can reach out to me and we can have these discussions, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, the comments on the video, or you can reach out to me at Robert DXN on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and we can have that, com these conversations there. And, but, you know, I, I release new episodes of This Is Nonsense every Thursday. So please rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast because I would, I say it all the time, but like I do actually and would like to actually have these conversations with you because, you know, 
like I say all the time, I'm not here to answer any questions. I'm just here to start a conversation. You know, I'm, I'm here to have a discussion. You know, it's, it, this is an alley-oop. You know, this whole podcast is it's an alley-oop. You know, I, I, I put it up and, and, you know, either you can catch it and slam it or let me turn that shit over. But, you know, I hope you took something away from this podcast and I, I really hope that you do get in on the nonsense, but I will catch you next week. Take it easy.